us. We bless you for your presence. God is so good. Amen. If you know the Lord has been good to you, can you say yes? Amen. Can you say yes? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you for your presence in this room. Hallelujah. Well, just before we read the scripture, we want to remind you that we know that, you know, that this has been a tough season for some of you. And so on Tuesday, we have a Q&A, a sit down with Dr. Uh, Marshawn Glover, who's a member of this church. And he and uh, Dr. Eric Handy, who's one of our deacons in our teaching, uh, one of the members of our teaching teams, they're going to be sitting down on Tuesday evening uh, at our Bible study and just talk about mental health in the hope that you will keep so happy and in good health. Praise the Lord. Um, at this time, let's turn our Bibles to Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 22, and we're reading through verse 26. Again, we're concluding our series on Believe again. And again, as I said last week, I want to be your, your, your spotter. I want to be the person who, as you're trying to lift the weight of your faith, I want to be there to, to uh, partner with you on the things that you're believing God for. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 22 to 26, it says, uh, as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. The Ammonites and Moabites rose up against the men from Montseir to destroy and annihilate them. In other words, they started fighting. The Lord confused them so much that they started fighting against each other. The enemy started fighting against each other. After they finished slaughtering the men of Seir, they helped destroy one another. When the men of Judah, that is the praisers, came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked toward the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped from the hand of the Lord. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder, and they found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing and also articles of value, more than they could take away. That's just like our God. He is a God who gives more than enough. As the song says, the enemy is defeated and God will allow us to plunder him and take more than enough. There was so much plunder that it took three days to collect it all. And on the fourth day, they assembled in the Valley of Baraka, where they praised the Lord in the valley of Baraka. They praised the Lord. And this is why it is called the valley of Baraka, that is Barak, to this day. I want to speak to you on the subject, the valley of blessing. The valley of blessing. Let's bow our heads. Father, I pray that my speech and my preaching will not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but demonstration of spirit and power that people's faith will not rest in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. I pray, pray, Father, that you will bear witness to my word with signs and wonders and various miracles 
according to your own will. In the name of Jesus, I ask this. Amen. Amen. Again, I want to speak to you this afternoon now on the Valley of Blessing. First of all, we have a question for those who are 17 years old and under. Get ready to answer the question. If you have the answer, just uh, send in your answer to the email uh, uh, below and you will be the winner of the prize. Again, the prize is a Dunkin' Donuts gift card. And so get ready. The question is, what was the title of last week's sermon? What was the title of last week's sermon? So send your answer in and we will be mailing you out a gift card. These, I, I, I will not fool you. I will not kid you. I will not uh, be unconnected with you if I did not admit to you that these have been some tough times for me as a person. It's a season of uncertainty. It's a season of um, how are we going to do church in the future? It's a season of, for some of you, how am I going to pay my bills? Or, uh, no, will I be able to go back to a job? Or will I get uh, COVID-19? Will I, will I get Will I get uh, the coronavirus? Like there's so much uncertainty. And uh, I want to talk to you about how you're feeling, what you may be going through, but also God's hand is at work. And I want to talk to you uh, this morning or afternoon about the Valley of Baraka, but I want to talk to you about five valleys. Now, there may be, there are more valleys in the Bible, but I want to talk to you this morning about five valleys, and hopefully you'll be encouraged as to what God may be doing, because right now I have to believe that a lot of us, though we want to be on the mountaintop, we're probably feeling right now like we're in the valley. In fact, I looked up the word valley, and it simply means an elongated depression Whenever you see the word depression, that probably doesn't sound good. A, an elongated depression between uplands and mountains. We all want to be in a mountain all the time. But here it's saying an elongated, that is a stretched out, a prolonged depression between uplands and mountains. I want to talk to you about five valleys and you may find yourself in one of them. You may find yourself in all of them at the same time. But hopefully, you'll understand what God may be doing while you're in the valley so that, as like Henry Blackaby said, Dr. Henry Blackaby said in his book, Experience of God, let's find out where God is moving and simply join him. The five valleys I want to talk to you about is the Valley of Elah, the valley, number two, the valley of the shadow of death. Number three, the valley of dry bones. Number four, the valley of Baraka. And finally, number five, the valley of Kidron. Elah, shadow of death, dry bones, Baraka, and Kidron. Let's talk about, talk about the Valley of Elah. The Valley of Elah 
can be found in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 2. And in my book, uh, Faith is a Female, which I had offered to you for free, we have 20 more copies. So if you uh, write uh, mail at ptspice.org, uh, we will make sure that you get sent one free of charge. But in chapter 10 of my book, I talk about the Valley of Eli, Elah. And what is the Valley of Elah? The Valley of Elah is where David fought and defeated Goliath. And I call the Valley of Elah the place where you fight your giants. The word Elah, it is a uh, Hebrew word which means oak. And usually when you think of hardwood floors, one of the, that one of the woods that are considered hardwood is oak. And so what I'm saying is that uh, every one of us are going to have to battle our giant Goliath our giants of finances, our giants of sickness or illness, our giant that will challenge our faith in the Valley of Eli. In other words, you will have to fight your giants in a hard place. If you find yourself in a hard place right now, just put your thumbs up in, in the uh, chat or wherever you are because every one of us are going to have to endure the Valley of Elah. But the good news is that God will be with you in the valley, just like he was with David, and David ended up defeating Goliath in the hard place. And I have good news for you. You're coming out of the valley. You're coming out of that hard place. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. There's a morning time coming. Amen. Now, I want to talk to you about the second valley. Again, the second valley where you are going to have to battle, and that is the valley of the shadow of death. The valley of the shadow of death. Um, this is the place where, where as, as you know, when we look at uh, the news, uh, a number of people are passing away, uh, dying because of coronavirus. As you know, uh, for my own family, in the month of May, my father passed away from COVID-19. And so this, this disease, uh, the coronavirus, COVID-19, is, is affecting everybody, whether you have somebody affected in your family or somebody you know of. And though, uh, uh, and, and so when I'm talking about the valley of the shadow of death, I, I want to talk to you briefly about a friend of mine. He passed away um, this past uh, Monday. I ended up doing his funeral, his eulogy. Uh, my friend Keith Harris, uh, when we were teenagers, we used to work out uh, to prepare for uh, football season. And Keith and I, uh, I ended up leading him to the Lord. And, and Keith passed away uh, this past Monday. He, he battled cancer and was in stage four cancer for over 10 years. It was a miracle. And uh, Keith, uh, when he uh, served that PT, he actually put in uh, one of our first upgraded sound systems. And if you uh, see the screen, you'll see that the speakers that are downstairs in our lower sanctuary, the, the speakers to our right, uh, to your right, uh, those speakers is what he put in as the first monitors for PT. And this is a picture of myself. And this is my 15th year as a as a bishop. And uh, Keith came to my uh, my consecration. We were both in our 40s. And uh, so when, when Keith uh, passed away. Uh, it was a it was a grieving time, but it was also a time of rejoicing. And a number of us uh, 
went up to his funeral service in in uh, in New Hampshire, who who remember Keith. But this is the thing that struck me about Keith, and that is David said, "Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for God, you are with me." The last text message that Keith sent to me before he passed away was, he said, he said, Pastor, have you ever heard this song? Uh, because this is the song that gives me strength. And it is um, the song, uh, Psalm 23, verse 4. I am not alone. I am not alone by Josh Sherman. If you get a chance to, I know, I, I have to believe that a lot of you have heard it. Uh, when he sent it to me, I heard it. You know, the Lord is my shepherd. That song. Um, and it's, uh, again, you can Google it. it. The feature is Josh Sherman. But that's the song that Keith sent to me, knowing that he was dying. He, he, he's, he was able to say, though I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, will eventually, which will eventually not be a shadow, but actual death, I will fear no evil. For God, you are with me. And this is the thing that struck me. Keith uh, his birthday uh, would have been in, in about four weeks. He passed away at 63. He was a couple of years, two years, two or three years older than me. His last line to me, the last thing he said to me via text was this, so happy to have served in PT. Wow. The last words that he said to me, and it, and it reminded me, what Jesus said in Psalm, not Psalm, Matthew 25, verse 21, where the words that the Lord will say to those who stand before him, who have pleased him, well done, good and faithful servant. All of us are going to have to pass away. Some of us right now, we know of friends and loved ones who have passed away. And my, my, my question is, when our day comes, Will we be able to stand before God and hear him say, you were faithful. We can't control fruit. We can't control results. Some of us can work years and years and never see the fruit of our labor. But the one thing we can control is have we been faithful? Have we been dependable? Have we, ha has, have we stuck with what God gave us to do? Have we fulfilled our God-given assignment, uh, assignment. So I'm challenging you while you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, God will be with you. Can you praise the Lord right now? Thank you, Jesus. He, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And that's the one thing that I know about my dad, though, no, he passed away at 90. And though he passed away, the one thing I was, I could say about my dad, he was faithful. He was faithful to my mother. He was faithful to me and my brother, and he was certainly faithful to this church. God honors faithfulness. Then there's the valley of dry bones. And, and that's the tough one, because sometimes you, you're going through not months, but years of dryness, and it seems like nothing's growing, nothing's happening. And like Ezekiel, whose name means strength of the Lord, because it takes strength to go through dry times. And, and so in Ezekiel chapter 37, Ezekiel was dropped into a valley of dry bones. And God asked him, can these dry bones live? And Ezekiel's response is, God only 
you know. I'm gonna hit, I'm here to say that God will give you strength when during seasons of dryness, during seasons of brittleness, during seasons like it seems like nothing's happening. God wants you to speak prophetically and say, I am getting out of this because my God will not allow me to say to stay in a dry situation. Eventually, the rain is going to come. Can you praise the Lord right now? I want to encourage you. Uh, uh, on last Friday uh, at the morning prayer, Elder Roy spoke a powerful word at the morning prayer, and he talked about how Pentecostal Tabernacle, our church at the at that time in around 1983, was was a dry church. In fact, we thought we were going to die, and and God has blessed us where we're able to refurbish all these these three large windows. But back in the day, our church was falling apart, and He reminded us of how when he when when we didn't we didn't have a we didn't have an operations team back then we didn't have a paid custodian the members were the custodians the partners were the custodians and he and he reminded us of how when we were cleaning the glass on the window pane uh, on the window pane one of the windows as he cleaning the glass it fell out of the of, of the pane of the of its frame that's how much our church was falling apart it was a dry place it was sometimes church was just horrible sometimes we would say why am i wasting my time here and yet god says i am going to I, I'm going mm, to cause the wind of my Holy Spirit to blow through Pentecostal Tabernacle and you will live. And if you would have told us back in 1983 that we would have two buildings, that we would be, have online streaming, that we would have a, a we, we would have a full praise team and, and we would have our own operations team that, that, that takes care of the church and that we would have not only two church buildings but an administrative building and our own parking lot. If you would have told us that then, we would have said, ha ha, are you kidding me? But the power of prayer, the power of prayer, and I'm going to say something. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. God has been moving... I thank God for the pandemic. You know why? Because it is God, it has upped the prayer level of this church. Morning prayer, we have anywhere between 30 to 40 people showing up. And Lord have mercy, the midnight prayer. My God, the power of God has been moving. We, we have, we assigned midnight prayer to pray from 12 midnight to 1230. Yet consistently, midnight prayer goes from about 12 o'clock not to 12.30, but to 2 o'clock. And it's not that people are, are staying on because they feel like they're, they're uh, uh, in prison and in bondage and have to, because you can get off whatever, you can get off the line whenever you want to get off the line. But the power of God and, and the move of God has taken place and people are experiencing signs and wonders and miracles. And I'm going to prophesy to you right now. I really believe, Lord have mercy. I really believe that God wants to prove himself to you. Me and my wife are hearing testimonies about how God has waited Mm, has waited to the coronavirus uh, pandemic to bless people. I can't tell you how many people are getting promotions and blessings and, and families are coming together through the pandemic. Even my, my, my wife's family, Lord have mercy, 
My, my youngest, her youngest brother, the la, my, my mother-in-law who passed away was praying, God, save all of my nine children. Thank you, Jesus. And through the pandemic, my brother-in-law, the last one, he's, he's the youngest of, he's the youngest boy in the family. He gave his life to Jesus Christ. And this past, this past week was his birthday and his and the family was able to bless Donnelly. I thank God for the pandemic. All things, we know all things work together for good. You have no idea what God is doing for you in the midst of the valley of dry bones. Come on, give him a praise right now. Give him a praise right now. Come on, use that weapon of praise right now. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why are you quiet in me? Hope thou in God, for I will yet praise him. God is moving. And don't let me start about the the justice prayer that takes place on Tuesday afternoon, the Holy Spirit, my goodness, he gripped our hearts. There was weeping on the prayer line, 1 p.m. to 1.30, presence of the Holy Spirit. Oh, God, have mercy. I thank you, Lord, for this pandemic because it is bringing us back to real church. It's bringing us back to being a place of prayer. Thank you, Jesus. I want to talk to you about the fourth valley, the, the valley of Baraka, from which we get our word Bar Barak, or Barack Obama. The word Barak means blessed. And blessed and blessed means uh, one definition, it, it means uh, to empower for success. And what struck me here is that the valley that was meant to be, mm, my God, I, I could run around the church. The, the valley that was meant to be a graveyard for the nation of Judah ended up being a place of blessing. Woo! <laughs> oh, my Lord, have mercy. The place that the enemy meant for to be your cemetery has become the place to be your celebration. Hallelujah. 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 And so they get to this valley that was supposed to be the place of their burial and they renamed it the place of my blessing. Hallelujah. And what do you mean? Many of you know this week and, and, um, a civil rights icon, one of the six, the big six leaders of the Martin Luther King era, civil rights era in the early 60s, 60s uh, uh, John Lewis uh, was buried last week. And I, I cannot let this, I cannot let this week go by without mentioning the power of this man. And John Lewis, you see the picture of him, 
In the picture on the left, this man is only about 25 years old. The picture on the right is when he is, he died at 80 years old of cancer. And what struck me about John Lewis is, um, is the next picture. And in the next picture, you'll find that he, yeah, that's blood. That's, that, that's, that's not food stains. That's blood. And next to him is a white gentleman. And these, these, these men were what you call freedom riders. And what freedom riders were is that there was a law in the deep south that black people and white people could not ride on the bus together. They could not sit in the terminal together. It was against the law. And so John Lewis was willing to challenge the injustice of that. And he and about, there's about uh, uh, 13 or 14 of them. Half of them were white, half of them were black. And they rode from Washington, D.C. all the way to New Orleans. The further they got, mm, the further they got in the South, the more they kept getting beat up. And some of the, uh, the, some of the white men and some of the black men basically said, I, I, I can't get beat up anymore. And so they, they ended up, and I, and, and I would not use the word, you would not hear the word quit come out of my mouth. But my point is, is that they got beat up so badly that they had to discontinue. But John Lewis was determined to make it all the way to the end. Could you imagine being so committed, so committed to, notice, the Valley of Baraka? What do you mean? That doesn't look like, mm, my God. That doesn't look like being blessed, getting beat up. This is the point I want to make. They, there was so much plunder in the Valley of Barak that it took them three days to carry it away. What are you saying, Bishop? I'm saying that there are some battles that when you fight them, the, the plunder and the blessings is for you to be blessed so much that you fight for the blessing of others. It's not about you getting all of the blessings. Sometimes you have to fight to be and to bring blessings to others. And that's what John Lewis did. And that is that he, he was determined to make sure that others could vote. Others could be treated with dignity. Others could have success. That he was willing to be beaten every step of the way. And how many of us are willing to put our lives on the line? I said us. For the sake of others. Oh, we'll do it for our children. We may do it for our relatives. But how about, what are we willing to do for the least of these? And here it is, this man said, I got to put my life on the line. Many of you know about the uh, Bloody Sunday in March of, uh, I think it's 1965, when they, when they were making their, their march 
to the capital of Alabama to demand rights. And when they got to uh, uh, Selma and tried to cross the bridge, that knowing full well, John Lewis, knowing full well, I, I could die here. I could, I could die here. And you, and, and you know, some of you watched the movie Selma where the police came and sick dogs on them and beat them. And, and John Lewis himself got his, got his head fractured, his skull fractured because he was beaten by the police. My point is, folks, in the valley of Barak, Sometimes it's not about you being blessed or me being blessed. It's about me willing to put my life on the line, put my comfort on the line to be a blessing to those who will never be able to bless themselves. Let me quote a line from John Lewis that struck me because he was a man of God. And this is what he said. He said, hold only to love. Wait a minute. People beat you. People cracked your skull. And, and you have the nerve to say, hold only to love, only peace in your heart, knowing, look at this, knowing that the battle of good to overcome evil is already won. Woo! From the grave, John Lewis still preaches. Let me say that again. Hold only to love. Only peace in your heart, knowing that the battle of good to overcome evil or God to overcome evil is already won. Thank you, Jesus. I don't care who's president. I don't care how much injustice is taking place in these United States. The battle's already won. But we must be, are we willing to put our lives on the line to be a blessing to others? who can't bless themselves. And then finally, I want to talk to you about the Valley of Kidron. This is in John chapter 18, verse 1. The word Kidron means dark, not clear, confusing. And you may say, what's the Valley of Kidron? The Valley of Kidron is the valley that once Jesus crossed that valley, that was the beginning of his journey to the cross. If you're going to be, if I'm going to be used by Jesus, I have to go through the valley of Kidron where things are dark, where things are confusion, where things I don't understand, because Jesus said these words, any man who's going to follow me or woman who's going to follow me, you must deny yourself. You must take up your cross and follow me. And the sad thing about America is that we have created a crossless Christianity. We are, we are stunned. It's, it's almost like how dare how dare we go through a pandemic? How dare we go through racial in, injustice? How, how dare this happen to us? What God says, God says, if you're going to come after me, if you're going to be my disciple, if, and he says, the, the servant is not greater than the master. If the master had to suffer, how about you and I? 
bless me, bless me, bless me. And, and it's almost like we are, we're, we're living our lives as if we're saying, God, how dare you not bless me? When Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to go through the valley of Kidron, the dark place, the confused place, the hurt place. You're going to have to take up your cross and follow me. Let's pray. Father, as we end this series on belief, help us to believe the fact that that you're with us in the valley of Elah, the high place. You're with us in the valley of the shadow of death where friends and loved ones may pass away, but you're still with us to the end, that you will be with us also not only in the valley of Elah, the high place, the valley of Kidron, I mean the valley of uh, the shadow of death, but you also be with us in the valley of dry bones. Season when it's dry, nothing's happening, you'll be with us. You'll also be with us in the valley of blessing, but it's not about us being blessed. It's about you blessing us so much that we can be a blessing, whether it's our time and talent, our treasure, our talk, whatever we have, we can be, you'll give us more than enough so that we can be the dispensers of blessings to the least of these, to those who are hurting, not only in the streets, but even in our church, those who are struggling, that you want us to be a blessing. And I pray, God, that you will help us as a church, as believers, to understand that if we're going to walk with you, we're going to have to take up our cross. We're going to have to live a crucified life so that the grace of God can operate in us. In Jesus' name, as heavy head is bowed, every eyes closed, Jesus went to the cross and died for your sins. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, verse 13, shall be saved. As every head is bowed, every eyes closed. If you never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, ask him to come into your life right now. You may say, well, I was baptized as a child. I shook the pastor's head. No, 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 no. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus died on the cross of Calvary for your sins and you admit that you're a sinner and ask Jesus to come into your life, you will become a child of God. And so if, if, if that's what you want to do, just repeat after me, Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner and you died on the cross to save my sins. And so, Jesus, I'm asking you, come into my life, come into my heart, and make me a child of God. Amen. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. And so if you, if you said that prayer, whether it's for the first time or you're coming back to the Lord, please email us and send us uh, your information so that we can pray for you and send you more information to strengthen your walk with God. Well, God bless you, and I want to uh, just give you this final blessing. Put your hands out. 
uh, virtually or wherever you're sitting, just put your hands out because I want to give you a blessing. Again, the blessing means to a power for success for this week. And so this is, this is based on, again, Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 to 26. If this is your first time with us, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May he look after you, shield you, defend you, and take care of you. May the Lord make his face to shine, grin, beam, and show his pleasure on you. May the Lord be gracious, kind-hearted, pleasant, and compassionate to you. May the Lord show you his favor that will promote you, appreciate you, support you, side with you as you side with him. And finally, may the Lord give you his shalom, his peace, his rest, his harmony, his calmness, his composure, his prosperity, and his success. And may the Lord remove anything that causes agitation or discord with divine purpose and destiny for your life. And may the Lord keep you in whatever valley you may find yourself in this week. I bless you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and repeat after me, I receive that blessing. Have a fantastic week. Thank you for joining us. We hope that this service was a blessing. We want you to know that we are here for you. If you desire us to pray with you, please go to ptspice.org forward slash pray for me, where you can join our post-service prayer room or submit a written prayer request. The prayer room will be open for the next 30 minutes.